Hi there. Welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Thursday morning, June 17th, 2021. He is Tristan H. Cockroft. The H definitely stands for happy. Kyle Soppy produces and researches. And I am merely the bus driver, Eric Carabell. The Fantasy Focus Baseball is presented by LinkedIn Jobs. Tristan, we have to start with, basically, this, this show is being renamed the Fantasy Focus Baseball Injury Podcast. So I hope you're okay with that, because that's basically what we talk about on every show. There's more and more injuries and I suspect that's going to continue as the season goes on. And it kind of ruins our love a little bit for the fantasy because, like, I have a league where <laughs> I have Bieber and Scherzer and another guy who got hurt last week, another pitcher who's – oh, I have Carrasco on that team. It's like I don't even have enough pitchers now. Like, yeah. I, I'm relying on guys like Griffin Canning and and uh, Vince Velasquez, and I'm like, this isn't fun anymore. So let, yeah. with that vein, Jacob deGrom – we, you know, we need a new we need a new song to, to open the show. It'll be the fantasy folk. Ouch! <laughs> Can I don't know if we have the rights to this. Can we get the mash the song from Mash? You know, <laughs> like playing over this because baseball is a mash unit. Yeah, no, I hear you. It's ah, uh, you know, just just filling your pitching spots. That points league I just told you about last week where things were looking okay. So I'm very clearly out of first now. And I have, uh, I've got two injured guys who were in my lineup for the week. Nothing I can do about it. It's, it's just one of those years. You know, the comp I could make here is the fantasy football because there's so few active players in fantasy football that if you lose your first round running, but you lose Saquon Barkley in the first round this past season, you might be done unless you get really lucky because they didn't replace him on the Giants with anybody. And then in, in fantasy baseball this season, it's kind of like the same thing. You need luck with health. And if you don't get it, it's really hard to compete in your leagues because like, like I said, I've got Shane Bieber everywhere. So if Shane Bieber is out for two months, you know, I can't replace him. Uh, you know, I mean, there's nothing I can pick. Vince Velasquez ain't going to do it. Um, that guy Gutierrez on the Reds, it's, it's not going to be good enough for Austin Gomber. So I, I'm trying not to be negative in my writing and on this show. But, you know, with Jacob deGrom, I, I think an injury list stint is coming. The Mets have a nice first place lead. And I don't know why on earth they would risk starting Jacob deGrom this weekend or Monday, whenever his next start is supposed to be. I guess it would be Monday. You know, this is the third injury that he suffered in just the last couple, like the last month. Yep. And it's always something on his right side, the shoulder, a forearm, a, a glute, a, a hammy. I don't even know. I can't even keep track anymore, Tristan. He was amazing yesterday for three innings. And then he left the game, went into the tunnel, and he left the game. I'm like, oh, I, actually, I wasn't watching the game. I see on the on my app, like, oh, it's three to one now. DeGrom gave up a run? And then I looked and see, no, that was Sean Reed Foley. What do you <laughs> If you're a DeGrom investor, what do you do here? Do you try to trade him thinking that he's not making 15 more starts? What do you do? I don't think you have a choice but to just bear with him. Um, people tend to severely downgrade the injured players at the time of injury, especially early on in the process like this. And I know you know people will say it's not really early on. It's early on in this specific injury. The repetitive nature of this and the fact that this one is shoulder, whereas previously was it was forearm, bugs me because what rings in my mind is what Stefania has said to said to us Stefania Bella said to us in, in past interviews about how when a player gets an injury and he attempts to compensate for that it sometimes causes another problem and I just wonder I'm not saying that that is what is going on with DeGrom but what if it is that that, that just kind of gets on my nerves he's been outstanding and it, it really speaks well to his talent that he's done as well as he has through these injury issues, but clearly he's been pitching at less than full health lately. And I, I worry a little bit just from the Mets perspective in that their schedule gets very, very busy now over the next two to three weeks. And I hope that they make the right long-term decision with him, that they shut him down, even knowing that they need to get extra guys in that rotation. He's in the Monday doubleheader against the Braves. They have three doubleheaders in a seven-day span coming up over the next 10 days. That's absurd. So just do the smart thing, keep him on the sidelines, have him come back and hope fantasy uh, managers can get number one production from him in his healthy innings. I think he could still do that. Uh, I don't think they're getting Carlos Carrasco back this month. Maybe not next month. I have him in a league. I may need to use the uh, the DL spot for somebody else at this point. I mean, it's three months into the season and nothing looks good there. Um, we talked about him on the last show. Your thoughts on Bieber. I wrote about, about all the injured pitchers rostered in at least 50% of ESPN standard leagues the other day. I think it was Wednesday. And Bieber led that group. And the fact is, I don't, I don't know when Bieber's coming back. They're resting him for two weeks, but what do you think it's going to be like after that? I mean, do we, I don't think we see him before the All Star break. 
I don't either. Um, I am worried that it is considerably longer than the two weeks they're shutting him down. Remember, when when p- uh, teams talk about shutting down a player, it's not that they're returning at that timetable. It's that that's the point they're going to resume throwing. The fact that he was sidelined for that long right away was alarming to me, especially since this came a little out of nowhere, other than the fact that his stuff was not as sharp in the Seattle game, the one right before the injured list in. Bieber is not only irreplaceable, one of the best ways to illustrate it is – the replacements that Cleveland is going to throw in for him right now, it looks like uh, Eli Morgan, who in the, the Jackson Coar group of having a disastrous major league debut. If you look at forecaster projected grades, going from Bieber to Morgan is one of the largest differentials you could get for individual pitchers. So it tells you that these teams are not putting in quality fantasy additions to replace these guys. And that is actually a lot of the problem. We'll get into the next guy. There's another one who has an even wider split between him and his replacement. That's what's frustrating to me. I'm going and I'm trying to find a guy to fill in for Bieber, which I think you're going to need to for a month. And there just isn't a lot out there. You have to do a streaming thing, even though you didn't plan it in the first place. I can't even imagine what it's like to do the fantasy forecaster. It's the best thing at ESPN fantasy, certainly better than any of my work. And and the starting pitching, it changes by the minute. <laughs> I have no idea who's starting the next day for Tampa Bay half the time. Who's the next guy? It's not glass now, is it? I mean, like, like yeah. uh, Tyler glass now's comments were right on the money. You don't. And I tweeted foolishly because tweeting is just dumb. I, I tweeted why, you know, enforce it. Changing the rules in the middle of a season is just wrong. You never do it in real life or fantasy. And people responded, they're not changing them. They're enforcing them. All right. Enforcing the rules is just as silly in the middle of a season. They were planning on something. Now they have to plan for something else. I agree that with, with Glasnow, that's how he got hurt. But for fantasy purposes, I don't think we're going to see Glasnow again this season or next season now. He's done till 2023. He's going to need Tommy John surgery. I mean, that's a, that's a forearm strain flexor and the UCL tear. He is done probably till 2023. What do you do with him in dynasty purposes? Because we we were viewing him as a top 20 starting pitcher for sure. Do you do that now? It's going to miss the next year and a half. Yeah, that and that's where we get a little bit difficult here in, in the redraft versus the dynasty formats. <sighs> He's trying to rehab through this. There have been some examples of pitchers who have done that successfully. Masahiro Tanaka is probably the best example I can think of. Garrett Richards is another one. I would say Richards is the optimistic outcome, which really wasn't that fantasy relevant. And the problem for the dynasty managers is that if he does this and it winds up in the Richards category where he gets a little time afterwards and then he has Tommy John surgery, to your point about where we see him again in 2023 – it might not be the beginning of 2023. That is a problem here. Is that if he goes under the if he goes under the knife next year, that's going to cut into the following season. So I am really concerned about that year over year production here. Mike Clevenger, who we knew exactly what he was doing in terms of when his surgery was, we knew it with Chris Sale, we knew it with Noah Syndergaard, and Syndergaard has had setbacks. So I'm downgrading him considerably. I, I just. This is a huge long-term concern. I'm with you that I agree on what Glasnow said. I'll trust it from a player more. He's theorizing, but it's one that's that's got merit. And to your point about replacements here, or to my point previously about replacements here, if you change from Tyler Glasnow to Michael Walker in the Tampa Bay Rays rotation, that is 20 points of a game score projection downgrade for Tampa Bay. 20 points. That seems like a lot. <laughs> That's about the most you could possibly get. The range is almost uh, at the high to the low is about 25 points. So he is almost at the extreme high to bottom. You're saying you're not a Michael Walker fan, I think. Is that what you're trying to say, Tristan? I, I want to cut through it and say exactly what you're saying. Here. Well, I'll say that the forecaster formulas don't like Michael Walker. I like him a little more than the formulas well, do, but but he's not he's not a deep into he's he doesn't pitch deep into games. He's not a a workhorse. Let me name you some starting pitchers that are on ESPN's most added list. And you tell me yes or no, you would add them. And I, any number of pitchers that are hurt right now, including Scherzer, I think he's back next week. So Ryan Yarbrough, who did not look good yesterday, yes or no on adding him? I'll say yes on him. And he's going to be, at this point, locked into the rotation. I, I, I'm going to trust Tampa there. Vladimir Gutierrez of the Reds. Some signals say I should. I'm, I'm just not there yet. I think he is, at best, streaming material. Zach Davies of the Cubs. I would add him. We discussed him the other day, and I think I feel about the same as I did the other day. Austin Gomber of the Rockies. He's and, pitched well. No, he's a he Rockies pitched, pitcher. He pitched well at home, too, though, recently. Mm, I, 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 he has. 
But I'm a no. And I like I, li- <laughs> I liked him in St. Louis, but I'm a no because of the chorus factor. It's it's gonna come back to burn him and it's gonna burn him bad. Uh, Wade Miley's pitching well. He's next on my list. Wade Miley's had that one bad outing. I would outing, take I Wade Miley over Vladimir Gutierrez as teammate, wouldn't you? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Wade Miley is the lefty Zach Davies. Not a lot of strikeouts, but he's getting his whip down. In fact, his ne- whip was never up this season. Um, Logan Gilbert looked better of late. I- I'm kind yeah, of on I'm, board now. I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm in on Logan, Logan Gilbert. I think he, he has made some of the adjustments he needs to. He's looked good in the past couple of outings. Mike Miner, I've been in on all season. He's striking people out. Detroit, Tariq Skubal or Matt Manning, who I think is starting today? Matt Manning? He is today, I believe, yes. This is his major league debut, yeah. Now, you can't, I have, after what we've seen, this, I hate to say this because it's it's a silly thing to say. Just because Jackson Kowar struggled in his debut doesn't mean Matt Manning will. But mm-hmm. I got to admit, a little bias here. I don't want to add Matt Manning for this start. Mm-hmm. Will you? <sighs> You can't. It, it, How can yeah. you? Are you adding him for the purpose of the start or are you adding him for the purpose of the stash? These are different things. And I've said that the data historically says that the first outing is better even than the second to 10th. But after what we've seen this year with debuts, and I mentioned Morgan, not, not really that anyone was using him, but Coar, I'm worried. I, I think I would do it just as a stash. I like the guy. I think he's a very good prospect, but and it's, the it's, debuters are having a hard time. It's not just Coar. Yeah, you wrote about it yesterday, and it, it's guys who like Manoa, who his second outing was awful. Like it's not always the first outing that's terrible. It's just yep. you're running a risk here with an unproven player. Whereas we kind of know what Austin Gomber's going to do and Wade Miley's going to do, but you have no idea with some of these young guys. And I'm going to say that when Mackenzie Gore eventually gets his promotion too, because I have no idea what he's going to do or even how they're going to utilize him. The down or the pitfalls for the debuting player are one jitters, Coar, great example of it, and the other is not pitching deep into games. They're they're very rarely pitch efficient. Uh, Tony Centillon, I think I think that's how you pronounce it, right? The Reds, yeah, I think is a great sense. example of this. It's, it was a good debut, but he was not that pitch efficient. He did labor in the inning. They took him out. All right, let's enough of this because I'm getting depressed. One last injury, Alex Bregman. This looks like it could be a while. I think it's a quad injury. And that stinks because Bregman's really good. Houston, I last I looked, were leading the majors and runs scored. Everybody's hitting for average there. They've got you know a couple guys hitting 300. But losing Bregman's a big deal in fantasy. And again, this we won't see him until after the All Star break. I would assume. What are, what are your thoughts? I hope it's not that long, but that's the personal bias coming in because I was a pro Bregman uh, manager. I I am similarly worried to you, and I'll I'll give you this. I'm going to give you the list of names for you. Max Scherzer, Michael Pineda, Matthew Boyd, Albert Alzale, Alex Bregman, Fremio uh, uh, Reyes, and Max Muncy. Can you tell me what these guys have in common? None of them have been in my kitchen. Well done, sir. <laughs> You're probably thinking something. They're, no. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're all on that point space team I just told you about before. Oh, is that what it is? Because I wouldn't have guessed that. And, and the best is that... I'm saying that just talking about my team here, I'm going to bet that the vast majority of listeners can come up with a list like this. And please just go ahead, tweet us this, because I'm sure that most people have gotten something like five to seven injured players on their team over the past week. I have, look, I have one team with very few injuries and I have another team with so many that I've kind of given up that now I'm just adding minor leaguers to see what they'll do. Uh, You know, it's a very deep league. Yeah, I'm not bothering. Like I could have added like a guy like Patrick Wisdom. And I thought Mm -hmm. to myself, I, I'm not winning. Okay. I'm not winning. And there's no like ramifications for draft picks or anything like that. So why would I add Patrick wisdom when I can add a decent prospect instead? And I, I can't remember the prospect they added, but that's what I'm doing in one of my leagues. And you say, Oh, Eric, you, you played fantasy or ever. You're giving up on a team. Yes. It's mid June. I can tell that this team is not going to compete for a title. And you know what? That's okay. But if it's redraft, what do you do in that situation? You're in an identical spot in a redraft league. What do you do? Like, for example, I've said to you, Labor, I'm just trying to shoot for the highest position I can get at this stage. I mean, is that think really you the goal? owe it to your league, depending on the league, okay? For, certainly for us in an expert format, all right? We owe it to the league to make sure we have an active lineup every week, uh, mm-hmm. that we trade properly, uh, that we do the we spend our fab money, money we do the right things. Mm-hmm. I, this other league of mine is a little bit different. Like I couldn't trade Patrick wisdom for anything for next year's draft or for, you know, another player. So it t- depends, but like I'm doing okay in labor. Kyle's winning labor, by the way, we had never talked mm-hmm. about this. Kyle and Stefania are winning their mixed labor league. And Kyle kind of buried the awesome. lead on this. Yeah. I, you know, oh, that's, come on, man. <laughs> give yourself some credit. I mean, like we talk about us. I mean, I've never won labor. You have a shot to win it this year. 
We do, but Scherzer and Glass now are on that team, so oh, it, it's oh, been a rough see? week here. But, <laughs> see, that's uh, what I mean. Like everybody's got five guys like this. It, yeah. oh, if Scherzer comes back, maybe we can withstand Glass now, but we're kind of walking a thin line at the moment. I think Scherzer's back next week. In fact, it might yeah. be two starts. So that's just a it's a minor groin injury. Don't they jinx him. I need him desperately on that team. By the way, with with the redraft, uh, your approach to it. I consider it an extreme embarrassment for anybody to finish in last place. I do not think it's difficult to make sure you keep yourself out of last place. And I love the leagues that have a penalty for last place. So yes, be committed to the entirety of your year. I understand you might have a football league where you're in 10th out of 12 on September 1st, put in your lineups, period. I wish that the American sports were a little bit more like the premier league in Europe and there was relegation because in a fantasy league, yeah, you want to finish last, you want to tank, you're out of the league next year. Now, the problem is you and I have leagues. We can't find people to fill our leagues. But, right. I, you know, like, you know what? You want to tank every year, Baltimore, or else we'll replace you with another team. I don't know what team that's going to be, but maybe a Mexico City team. You know, like, just something different. I love, like, that in the last couple of weeks of the Premier League season, we weren't even watching the top of the t- uh, table. We were watching the bottom to see what was happening with Fulham and all those teams. And yes, I do like soccer and there's soccer on right now on my TV. And uh, <laughs> I'm trying to watch that. Okay, right, we're, we're going really late on this, today's show. All right, so yeah. here, here's something Kyle wants me to do. Let me make it quite clear <laughs> before I do this. I am not a, I do not take victory laps in fantasy sports. Okay. Either you follow me or you don't, either you like my work or you don't, but I don't say, Hey, I was right. Just like, I don't say, Hey, I was wrong. I know I'm going to be wrong quite a bit. I'm going to be right quite a bit, but we're going to play some sound from, I think two months ago, Kyle hit it. Walsh versus how, okay. You're going to think this is wild, but bear with me. Why is Walsh different than Matt Olson? You're going to say because of history, but what's the difference in the numbers this year? Honestly, like full season, not two weeks. Why can't Jared Walsh do what Matt Olson's been doing for the last couple of years? He can. He could absolutely do that. You have a way of scraping the ceilings of players, and I can't disagree with that. It's it's a best but case scenario. You in a lot can't, of these guys. And and yeah, and in our game, I totally get it. The smaller your league, the more it makes sense to take guys shooting for ceilings. It's the all-in approach. Walsh Change. was a monster in the minor leagues, Tristan. He was and not a monster in the minor hit. leagues. He had one good year in the minors. That's a monster. One, <laughs> one good year. Yeah, but he had an 1,100 OPS with 36 home runs in that one year. In, and he, in and the he PCL. In the PCL. Okay, well, I just, look, nobody's arguing that Matt Olson isn't, isn't better and, and hasn't done this before. Jared Walsh is going to hit 260 with 30 home runs this year. I, 260 and 30, I don't have a problem with. Marking it down June 17th. That's going to be our Jared Walsh versus Matt Olson update podcast. All right, so there it is, Tristan. Jared Walsh, I was on board two months ago. He's not Matt Olson, but he's a top 100 fantasy option for sure, Jared Walsh. This is a power guy. Now, he can't hit lefties, and they move him down in the lineup there, But and he's not going to hit 300 all season, but a 275 batting average of 30-plus home runs makes him a top, you know, top yeah. 100 guy. And, I mean, I was just using the Matt Olson comp because West Coast, left-handed batter, and, Somewhere. you know, Matt Olson isn't exactly killing lefties himself, but... Mm-hmm. Jared Walsh is legit. It's a shame that the Angels don't have Mike Trout because that's a team that has a good offense, a base, and Rendon's not hitting either. Like, man, that could be a top offense there. Yeah. Actually, one of the things that bugs me about the Angels lineup composition right now is just that I actually think one of the big differences between these two players to date, as of today, is runs scored. It's the depth of the lineup turning it over and scoring up runs and padding Walsh's total. If he had gotten more of those, they're actually pretty close in the player rater then. Um, it, it's, you know, I, we, we talked at the time and, and you heard my projection there. He's done better than that. I probably would still project what I had said in that, but that's still an excellent player. As you said, a top hundred guy. Um, Olsen's been awesome. We, you know, what's really weird about this is I kind of wish in retrospect, we had talked about Vladimir Guerrero at the time, since they're one, two, three at fir- uh, first base on the player Raider, but we're going to see how the rest of this year plays. Kyle, what I was unsure of uh, at the time we discussed this is how you tab June 17th. It's like you thought this was a 60 game season. Well, no, Eric said, <laughs> check me back in two months. And it was on the 15th of April. And I'm like, yeah. oh, we don't have a podcast in two months. Yeah. Give me two months and two days. It's June 17th. We got to pay it off. I know Eric doesn't like victory laps, but 
but but do we victory lap it if it stays this way at the end of the year and oh, we doesn't don't victory stay lap here? it at all? It's June seventeenth. No. There's still three yeah, months said, left. But, this, but on September seventeenth, who knows? Who knows where we are? He said in two months we could have this discussion again. We're having this mm-hmm. discussion again. If you want to make a new claim, we can do that again today. You want? No, I'm, just, uh, I'm curious to see where these August two players 7th. go. Do you I, think? I'm I'm curious to see how you knew to remember that we talked about this two months ago. What's wrong with you? <laughs> A researcher never down? forgets, Eric. A researcher yeah. never forgets. He's good. He's the best. He's the best. So who's the next Jared Walsh, Tristan? Who's the next Jared Walsh? Bobby Bradley. I mean, I'm I'm trying to think of a lefty hitting first baseman, although that's I think Bradley's not that. But like I don't either, but I but I that's a curious comp. That's interesting. Interesting. I mean, it it could be Bradley. I I think he's got some pop and they have to stay with him, and he's off to a good start. I mean, it's only mm-hmm. a couple of weeks. He's batting well over 300, but I'm trying to think of a left-handed hitting first baseman who could be like, I mean, it's not going to be Vogelbach. I mean, Kessin Jura, this is incredible what's happened to him this season. Never going to be Brandon Belt. It's possible there is nobody else like this, but a, a yeah, there quad always, there A first always baseman. A right. That's what I'm trying to, I, 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 you know that I had Christian Walker on a multiple teams. I had him in labor. I have him in our sim league and I enjoyed that breakout season. And it's basically because I studied his AAA numbers and I was like, he's got power. Jared Walsh ha- always had power. Um, yeah. Whether he can keep the batting average up or something is a different story altogether. Okay. Enough. It was, it's, it's the contact. It's really the contact with him. And the one thing I want to see corrected a little bit going forward is bring back the contact rate of last year. That's all. Time for combo meals and Tristan sings. Hey, it's a combo meal. Combo. Combo. It's a combo meal. Home run plus steal. These players were making moves earlier this week and making moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports. Paul Goldschmidt uh, on Tuesday had a combo meal, the 11th player this season with multiple combo meals, which seems like a lot to me. Um, 11 players already. We're not even halfway through the season. Uh, and then on Wednesday, we had a couple more. Shohei Otani was just incredible. It's incredible what he's doing. Not that he's doing hitting and pitching. What he's doing at the plate is unbelievable. And I think he's going to get a lot of MVP votes over Vladimir Guerrero Jr. If he keeps doing what he's doing, pitching and hitting like this. He's, he's not hitting much worse than Vlad. And Lamont Wade, of course, because of everybody playing the Diamondbacks, um, is going to put up numbers. I mean, that what's happening to Arizona is hard to believe. It's hard to believe you can have a a road losing streak like that. I'm not wait. I don't think we need to discuss Otani. We have. Wait, wait, they're not the only ones with a really long road losing streak. I was kind of surprised to see how many teams have had some really poor outcomes. Of and what can you do with that information in fantasy? Is it DFS only, or is it in standard road? I think points? it's a yeah. I think it is a little bit more DFS only. Um, the the one uh, year long impact here is Colorado's. Just because we know the cores and road uh, impact, I do worry that that is widening. I mean, Colorado has been an epic poor offense on the road, but they've always been kind of a problem on the road, haven't they? They have, but if, especially if they do get to the point they trade Trevor Story, those final two months could be to the level of the Seattle and Cleveland and Detroit. Well, Detroit really was the one in April and May for opposing starting pitchers when you were hosting Colorado. It could be to that level where you're talking almost record-setting matchup. Speaking of record, record setting, it's time for Tristan to sing again about the closers. <laughs> it's the closer carousel. Honestly, I think you're coming out with an album soon. I, I don't know what we're waiting for. Kyle, can you produce an album <laughs> with Tristan's best greatest hits from the podcast? Because I'm, I'm, What kind of picture do we get on the front? Like, It can't be the picture for the podcast. It's got to be some Tristan. I don't know. I, we need to work on the art, but I think we have the vocals down. It's him, you know, like when he points and dances around when he sings the songs. It's a it's a, a snapshot of that. That's okay. what it is, right? Because working on it. We have to add more. Like his injury, his Alchi song earlier in this show. I mean, like he's got a greatest hits uh, like like uh, of songs here for the show that we've got to promote. I've got probably. a ringtone. I do have a ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> and he did name game last week. He did a name game, which was a combination exactly. of drops. He did a drop of drops. I mean, we have a podcast department. Do we have a music department that could help him with this? Because there's a there's a, a star is born here, man. I, I agree. I agree. I'm the new Shatner. <laughs> uh, all right, the back to the closers. Carousel. It spins, and we talk about closers. I half the time I don't know what he's singing, but that's irrelevant. <laughs> uh, Texas got its closer back, as I theorized in a recent column. Uh, Ian Kennedy is back. Not much to save, but half the teams don't have much to save this season. <laughs> so doesn't. I mean, when's last? When's Arizona's last save? 
I know. That's I don't know what to put in the closer chart just because they don't have opportunities. But literally. Yeah, I know. Like, as a bit, it's been over a month, hasn't it? Well, I believe they only have two saves since May 1st. Total. Two. Oh, God. Two. That's incredible. That, I don't that, know. I, that seems have historic. they blown a ninth? That, 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 I got to say, that seems like an historic thing to me. Mm -hmm. To go yeah. that long without a save. Now, it's one thing to lose every road game. Okay. You know, that's happened before in history. But... This long without a save? Well, I'm looking it up. When's yeah, their so last save? That's their last save didn't even count because it was one of those three inning types. It was the Riley Smith one. Their last real save Found was it. May 10th. <laughs> I know, but it's not the ones we're talking about for the carousel. The last real save was Stefan Crichton's save on May 10th. May 10th against Miami. My God. Like, don't even bother with that. Do you even bother with an Arizona pitcher? At this point, starter uh, or reliever? Like Smith for deep league streaming. Oh, and they get Zach Gallon back today. Oh, Zach Gallon, yes, you want him. Yeah, they get him back today. But he's going to be pitched. I'm quite sure he'll be on a pitch. All right. Um, Tampa Bay. The thing that gets me about Tampa Bay is you'll see JP Fire Eyes and get like three saves in a weekend, and then he won't get a save again for th two months. And then Pete Fairbanks is back in play. It's weird what Kevin Cash does. He's got all these options, but he kind of like sticks with one for like a week or so, and then he moves on to the next option. So I, I think Diego Castillo will end up leading this team in saves because now it looks, it looks like Fire Eisen being utilized earlier in games again. Two weeks ago, I might have said opposite. Yeah, it was yesterday. Fire Eisen setting up Castillo with Fairbanks coming on in the extra frame, and that didn't go as well as we had hoped. Um, all three look perfectly legitimate to me, but I'm with you that I think Castillo still has the slight leg up in a committee. I wrote about Seattle's bullpen the other day. Some he wants another the manager of surveys wants another right hander to help Kendall Graven with saves. It may not be Rafael Montero anymore. It may it may not be Drew Steckenrider of all people. It's just mm -hmm. crazy what's happening there. Graven is the one you want to roster though. Um, I do think Tyler Rogers gets more saves than Jake McGee. I think I've said that before. Michael Fulmer's back. Do you think they do you think they still matter in San Francisco? Both guys, or are you only going in on Rogers? For me, I'm going in on both of them. I think it's I a think split. you have to go on both because that is a 90-win team, folks. And they are not – I mean, even if they go 500 the rest of the way, they are a wild-card team. Mm -hmm. So I think using two closers makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think you need to roster both in most leagues. Agreed. Um, by the way, Lucas Sims is all the red saves now. Good for him. And well, they well. helped that TJ Antone went on the injured list. I do think he comes back this weekend, though. Uh, anyone – I mentioned Fulmer's Detroit's closer again. Um, really? You don't think so? Nope. I think you, it's a committee. Do you? Why do you think that? Because Fulmer, when he was healthy before the I, injury and now, looks like I just don't. I just don't think he's very good. Well, I man. think Gregory Soto is the superior option of those, and they set up Fulmer with Cisnero yesterday. I think it's probably committee-ish right now. All right. I know you don't mean that in a mean way. <laughs> but no, I just I don't think Michael Fulmer's, Fulmer's better than better. we are. Okay, oh. exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> I can't Gosh. throw the ball 80 miles. I can't even throw it like 50 miles an hour without getting hurt. All right, let's look at the schedule now uh, for today. There's some day action that you might have already missed. Tristan mentioned the biggest story, Zach Gowan coming back from his. This is a partial tear in his UCL, but apparently a minor one, right? Uh, yeah. So how do you know when it's a big tear or a little tear? What starts with tear? Like the point is like we think that Tyler Glass has a big trouble because that's a legit tear, but Zach Gowan, it's like a minor tear. So it's a very yeah. common thing. Uh, Wade Miley, still available. San Diego's plummeting, by the way. They're not hitting. It's basically just a tease hitting. So Wade mm -hmm. Miley against the Padres doesn't look so bad as an option today. I got to tell you. Um, Matt Manning and against that's... the Angels, no way. Wouldn't use him there. Yeah, I'm just trying to check. The Wade Miley catches just which ballpark. Okay, I'd prefer it. As weird as this is, I'd prefer it in San Diego. Well, of course you would. Cincinnati's mm -hmm. a home run haven. Yeah, that's why I wanted to know which where it was at. Uh, Rich Hill at Seattle. That should go well, but for five oh, innings. Oh, wow. Five innings, <laughs> five innings, one run. Rich Hill, there you go. Does it, bug you, does it bug you that we're aiming for five great innings for pitchers? Any, you know. Of course it bugs me, but this is the way things are. And Tampa Bay is going to keep doing this, this way because Rich Hill is getting pulled at like 62 pitches. So mm -hmm. they're just pulling him after five innings, six innings, whatever he gets through. They don't even care how many pitches. And you know what? It shouldn't be about pitch count. I say this all the time. I'm watching a game. And a pitcher gets to 100 pitches, and then they take him out. His arm, the bear's coming out to take his arm. And I say to my wife, every pitcher is different. Their arms are all different. I think yep. Lance Lincoln can handle 120 pitches per outing. I think Zach Wheeler can. And Rich Hill can handle 70. 
Why do we, why do managers view all the pitchers the same way? It's ridiculous to me. And, and, you know, and also if one inning is 30 pitches, that can affect the guy's fatigue. The bottom line is you're not getting a hundred pitch per outing from Rich Hill. Maybe you'll get once in a while, but I yeah. still think I trust Tampa Bay pitchers and Dodger pitchers above all, because the team uses them correctly. So like, I don't want to roster Michael Walker. I'm not saying that, but I do think like as soon as fire eyes and went there, I told you he's getting some saves because the way Tampa Bay uses pitchers yeah. and he with did. starters, I think Luis Patino, they will protect him in a way that he cannot be say Jackson Kowar. Right. And Waka to defend him here, which we have probably more than we are spending a lot of time on him. If he went four five, six innings in his next three starts, I think you would be open to considering him at that point. I think we're, are we more worried about the volume that he gives and the recent history than we are about him never contributing this year? We don't think of him as, geez, I'm trying to think of, we don't think of him as we do Matt Harvey, for example. Oh, I don't think of anybody as Matt Harvey. Uh, I'm trying to think like what I would compare Waka to right now, because he's not, I mean, look, his ERA is a high one, but his whip is not, bad is in relation the fact is though he's never going to win games so that's one problem and his strikeout rate is low so they're doing something with him where they can get him to be have effective four or five effective innings per outing so that's a good thing but my 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 valuation comp is cal quantrill that's a perfect that's a perfect comp that's exactly what I was shooting for there. Yep. I, I want to buy in, but I need to see a little bit more in the volume for those, for those two guys. Friday's volume, all night game series. PM Plus has a couple of them, including uh, Phillies with Vince Velasquez, who you don't want, against Johnny Cueto, who, by the way, you also don't really want. And then Waka uh, at Seattle against Kikuchi. Seattle's offense, not exactly prime time. If you want to use Waka there, I just I don't know if he's going five innings. That's my biggest, you know. It's a great matchup if it's just, yeah, well, like I said, I could see four. Uh, Luis Garcia back on the mound for Houston, and every next start could be one of his last ones because they don't want to go to a six-man rotation, which is a shame because Garcia has pitched well. It's against Carlos Rodon, who continue. You were right about Rodon back in April, and I was wrong. He continues to pitch well. It's no-hit stuff every outing with strikeouts. He's staying healthy. Please stay healthy. Um, Carlos Rodon is legit. He's got to be among our top 20 starting pitchers at this point. You, you're, you're updating your rankings. He's top 20 now, isn't he, Rodon? Okay. Uh, he's got to be close at this point. Yeah, I, I've I've got to check. He might be nineteen or twenty just based on the numbers game. I the only reason he's not an automatic for me is they are very clearly capping his innings. It's the only thing I don't like about him this year. Saturday there is day action, so if you're in dailies, get them in early. Uh, Chris Bassett at Yankee Stadium. That's kind of interesting. Chris Bassett's good, better than I thought. Yes. I didn't think he would have the strikeout rate. Um, you know, you like him in home games, but he's he's good. Yeah. Um, ESPN Plus has Alec Manoa, the youngster from Toronto at Baltimore. Can't get much better of a matchup there. I mean, they're batting Freddie Galvis third. You, you need to be using Alec Manoa at Baltimore. <laughs> yes, you right? do. I mean, that's yes, you crazy. do. <laughs> Freddie Galvis is batting third. He wouldn't yeah. even be on the Dodgers. Like, it's just amazing to me. Josh Fleming, he may go five innings. He's at Seattle. I mean, basically, we're, that's all matchups for Tampa Bay this weekend. Um, what else? Is Patrick Sandoval? He's on the most out of this. Patrick Sandoval, the Angels lefty. He's hosting Detroit on Saturday. You interested there? Based on the matchup, I am a little bit. I, I would prefer the righty going against Detroit, but it's a good enough matchup to stream him, especially if you're going for volume, if you're playing the catch-up game. Not the catch-up game, the catch-up game. The catch-up game. That's uh, Adam catch-up. Wainwright, by the way, every outing's a quality start. He gets innings. But an eight, 8.20 ERA on the road this season, according to Kyle. It's only four starts, so maybe it's nothing. Wainwright's from Georgia, I believe. What are you doing with Wainwright? I, we talk about him a lot because I've got him on a couple teams, and I'm happy with him. It's a lot of innings. And the strikeout rate's fine. You're using that. Atlanta's not exactly bashing the ball. That lineup's not deep when you're batting, you know, Albie's third and Swanson fourth. Yeah, they grade kind of middling, uh, last I checked. I, I'd lean towards a go for him. I, I, I actually think Wainwright is a... Fairly locked in every start guy. I, I I think about each matchup, but I'm I lean towards him being in there. So th- I didn't realize this stat that Kyle has. Austin Gomber at home this season in five home starts, three and one with a zero point nine five ERA and a one forty batting average against. He's hosting Milwaukee. How do we not use Austin Gomber? Now is that that's not enough of a sample size, but isn't it? Like what are we waiting for on Austin Gomber, Tristan? Look at these numbers at home. 
it's cores. I just don't. I mean, this is cl the cores part of Gomber is the classic juice the orange, and by that standpoint, he's a fifty-two projected game start. And by the way, that's one with me doing the tweaks to bring it down a little bit. The true numbers say that he's a clear locked-in starter. I'd give him a go. I mean, I'm we have to we have to give him a go now. If he's pitching this well at Coors Field, he's figured something. It's five starts. He's maybe not figured something out, but you know, I want to give him some credit here. So, so two things on that. One is he gets Milwaukee for his next two starts. Milwaukee actually grades a pretty clear favorable matchup for a left-handed pitcher. They're a little too lefty heavy as an overall lineup. But I do think Gomber's going to have a game at Coors that comes up unexpectedly. He just gets bombed. And that's what scares me about him. He's not a big swinger miss guy. He's doing a lot of finesse. I, I, long term, I'm scared. Aren't you? Of course. I think we not of course. Of course. Um, yes. But I, I think it's a little silly to just leave him sitting there on free agency in your league based on the way he's been pitching well at Coors Field. So yeah. I probably would add him to see if this is real. Um, sure. Sunday night baseball on ESPN Cardinals and Atlanta. Kwon Kyun Kim scheduled to start for St. Louis, the lefty. Atlanta is undecided. I'll go against undecided there. Um, it's the Tucker Davidson spot that he went on the IL. Right. I don't even know who's getting that start. I mean, every you, you, a kid comes up, he pitches well, and he gets hurt. Like that's the season. It's amazing. Pitching just can't stay healthy. And then Monday starts the whole new thing in baseball with yep. I and what I think is going to happen here is as much to do about nothing because no managers want to come out and say hey the pitcher on the other team is doing this because they they know their own pitcher is doing it so I I just think it's going to be a whole lot of nothing unless umpires force it I don't think hitters want to do it because then somebody's going to throw up their head uh, because you know that gets justified in baseball so I really think this whole new like law that starts Monday where they enforce the rules is a lot of nothing except for the injury part because all the pitchers are so scared of getting caught and getting suspended. I think yeah. Glassnell is right, but like I don't think Monday night we're just going to see five pitchers, you know, caught and suspended either. I I, I doubt that happens. And there's no fantasy angle here. You have to roster pitchers, <laughs> so and yeah. you're just guessing on who's using illegal. I think they're all using some kind of illegal stuff. Maybe even Austin Gomber. I don't know. I mean, right? I just don't I, think there's a fantasy yeah. angle to this. I I think that. A lot more than we think are. I don't think everyone is. It's probably not even half that are. I, I have no clue on that exactly who or what or, or what volume. What I really worry is what you just said is, does this lead to some injuries in the next week? I really hope not. That's the part I hate about having this introduced in the middle of a season like that. I also am curious to see whether offense goes noticeably up beginning on Monday. I mean, we just saw in the Jeff Passan piece about how batting average went up 13 points since June 3rd. I think it's already changed. I don't think Monday is a, is a special yeah, day. Yeah, it might not. But but if it does on Monday, because I don't think it's good, it's gonna, gonna not going to change our strategy. No, I don't no, think. No, no. I think but, the last two weeks have already shown that hitting is up a little bit because spin rates are down, but also the weather's been warmer, and we know yeah. the baseballs fly. You know, I'm, I don't know. Enough of this. Let's bring in Kyle now. He's got trivia and has Browns. Kyle, what say you? I sure do. Trivia today is very simple. Name the five outfielders with at least 10 stolen bases this season. Vince I mean, Coleman. Not, no, that's not this season, Eric. Bob Detail. Bon the Hayes. details are within the question. Brian L. Hunter. <laughs> Brian Q. Hunter. Look at you guys. We'll get there in a little bit. We'll start with some hash browns here. Dave says it's tough to continue to ignore Jonathan Scope. What are reasonable expectations for him the rest of the way? He's slugging over 800 this month. Seems good. Yeah. Um, big number. Don't we always know what Jonathan Scope's going to do? 25 homers, 270, 80 yeah. RBI? Mostly, yep. I mean, I think we know what Jonathan Scope is. And good for him yeah. for getting back to this level because, you know, there were concerns. But he's hit 20 home runs in, in his past four full seasons. He's going to do it again, and he would have done it last year. So good for him, you know. I mean, he look, he doesn't get on base. His career on base is like three hundred on the nose. He doesn't steal bases. He had like a streak where he stole one base every year, and I think he did that purposely. He's not a walker. <laughs> like he just he's gonna he's gonna crank twenty five home runs and knock in he, eighty, and that's and tip that two seventy. He just picked his number to arrive at, like how Chris Davis with the K decided to hit two forty seven for like six years in a row. I don't you know think he planned that. I don't think he planned that, but I think with stolen bases they do. 
Like, I think they're like, <laughs> you know what? There's a goose egg in that column. I need to steal one base this season. I yeah. would do it. I would totally do it. You can't pick, yeah. you can't pick your batting average, and, yeah. but you can pick, you can pick your nose. You can pick your stolen bases. I think you can pick how many you like. Remember the last year, yeah. he's like, I'm going to run, man. And then next year I'm not going to steal any bases. Machado did yeah. that once. Anyway, yep. I don't even know. His scope is fine. He's, he's usable. Perfectly adequate middle infielder. To that and how many seasons do you think Yadier Molina finished with zero steals, not including this one? How many seasons did he finish with zero? <laughs> Five. Seven. Three, and one was last year, which doesn't even really count. It does count. It does. He had two months to steal a base, and he didn't do it. Later. Fine. That and his rookie year in 2004, all the way back in 04, when he played 51 games. I but- think the better question is how many more years does he have? Because he's 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 a top 10 catcher in fantasy. Or, or the better question is, is he going to get his one stolen base this year? He's definitely yeah. going to do that. He's definitely He hasn't yet. He hasn't yet. He'll find a time. He actually does where pitcher is just asleep at the wheel. He's smart, and yeah. Second. He, I've seen multiple games where he's done that. Not a fast oh. man. But uh, no. yes, give him his one steal. Okay. I think actually, I think I was at one of the games he stole. I think he might have stolen third base in that game because That's I remember crazy. everybody went nuts when he did it. He probably stole it standing up too. Like there's no. Yeah, like they didn't do a throw. They're just there. like, wait, wait, what happened? <laughs> All right. Next question comes from Dylan. Jesus Sanchez and Bobby Bradley. Do they do anything for you in redraft? Tristan, you wrote about Jesus Sanchez the other day. I'm glad I wasn't going to leave with him today. We probably should communicate more. Jesus Sanchez, what do you think? I had I had somebody in mind for today's column, so it's okay. We didn't we didn't go over the same guy, but you you like Sanchez, it sounds like, and I'm a little worried about the K rate, so you should speak about him. Yeah, and the K rate is understandably a, a real reason for concern, but I like the quality of contact. He's always had much better power than I think people have expected especially if you're following his minor league numbers did very well in triple a over the 2019 and 20 uh 21 span and even in what has been a terrible stint in the majors so far he's putting up uh good hard contact numbers i think i like bobby bradley more because i think he could keep the job and i think miami has other options there although they could trade Corey dickerson when he's healthy or and make room for sanchez but I don't know. I, I just kind of like Bobby Bradley has been hitting for like major power for years. Okay. He had a 30 homer season at AAA Columbus. I think it was a couple years ago. Not going to hit for a high batting average. He's going to swing and miss a lot, but that's, that's the next, you know, Christian. He's not a young guy. He's like 25. It's like, that's a Christian Walker, or Jared Walsh type hit for power in the minors. I'm all in on Bobby Bradley. I am. Yeah. I like the commitment for, to likely regular playing time. They let Jake Bowers go to get him there. So they, they, they have should reason have. to play him. They might they as well, yeah. Totally should have. But that that cleared a, a long-term space. There's a commitment to be made there. I just worry, is he – I probably totally get in there. Is he Joe Koshansky, that, that Rockies guy who put up great AAA numbers? Is he Garrett Jones, who had a pretty decent career for a little while after some great numbers in the minors? Or is he uh, Christian Walker? You, you know what? You never know until you give them a chance, which is why I like right. – Give all of them a chance. Garrett right. Jones had some useful years. Minnesota, Pittsburgh, sure, right? Sure I mean, like he had two mm-hmm. for power a little bit. So yeah. we're not talking about these guys as MVP candidates. I'm not saying Bobby Bradley's going to do that. But if Bobby Bradley hits 260 with 20 home runs a season, I won't be the least bit surprised. Just give him a chance. These guys lurk at all the minors. Darren yeah. Ruff types are everywhere. I think if you gave Darren Ruff 500 PAZ to 25 home runs. Maybe not in San Francisco. But. There was a period of time where it looked like he might. They were yeah. playing because they had other injuries, and he was doing pretty well. <laughs> nice job, Phillies. Tommy Joseph at first base. Okay, next. Cody Bellinger turns 26th in a month. Cooper wants to know how he should value him in a 12-team dynasty league. I want to say I'm out, and I I know that's just silly. Okay, he's 25 years old. He has a 40 home run season. Maybe two of them, right? Or did he get like 39 as a rookie? But I don't think Cody Bellinger is close to where we rank him uh, this season. Now, obviously, injuries. This is his second, I think, injury list stint. This is a hamstring. If the Dodgers were fighting for a playoff spot, they might play him through it. But I don't think I – think, I think Bellinger is a 260 hitter who hits 30 home runs a year, and we rank him as if he's a lot more than that. What do you think? I'm also starting to wonder if we – and, and I'm as responsible as anybody overrating him. 
I mean, um, why is why, why wouldn't you rather have Matt Olson? If Bellinger's going to steal 15 bases, that's a differentiator. Yeah. Otherwise, wouldn't you rather have Matt Olson or even Anthony Rizzo than Bellinger at this point? Rizzo might be well, pushing it a little. Too. Yeah, Rizzo because of the age. I don't think he. I I just don't. It's a little bit of an awkward comp just based on where they are in their careers. Olsen, I like where you're going with Olson. Yeah. I, the steals mean a lot to me with Cody Bellinger, and they always did because getting 15 steals at your first baseman is very unusual. The other thing that just gets to me, you know my feeling about recurring injuries, and he's had one, two, three, four, uh, four injured list stints now since the beginning of August 2017. It's, it's not a good trend. It's not, and I, I think we've already seen his best seasons. So, I mean, he's a walker. We like that. And he's an elite defender, but I will no longer rank him as a top three rounds guy. I think that's ridiculous at this point. Prove it. Basically, you need to come back and prove it to me again. Right. He's going to need to go on a massive tear in the second half in order to what recapture. If he's, what if he's Chris Bryant, steps. who we kind of gave up on in our rankings two months ago, but now Bryant's fine again. He is, but but Bryant still hasn't recaptured a top 20 overall ranking. And that was where he was trending when he got his MVP. I think Bellinger's a very smart hitter. I, I think he's in a good situation to succeed year over year, but I'm I'm just I'm worried about it. I feel like I feel like we're throwing a 35th to 40 so overall ranking. Let's, let's answer the question in a dynasty league, Matt Olson or Cody Bellinger. Bellinger on the, Bellinger on the hope for steals. Yeah. It's probably still Bellinger, but you know, not by a lot, man. Okay. The, the other thing too, if where I set the smart hitter thing. Olsen really is a go all in for power. And I worry year over year in a dynasty, whether those players decline quicker than you think the Adam Dunn thing. Um, batting average. I mean, Matt Olsen in a, a Roto league, not in a points league, he'll walk there, but in a Roto league, there's risk in batting average, of course. Yeah. So something to think about there. But I mean, if Freddie Freeman keeps not doing what he's doing, I mean, mm-hmm. we're going to have to talk about Matt Olsen and Freddie Freeman in the same vein, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. By the way, the other one that that I was going to do a huge rant on because I keep thinking about putting him as a buy low in my column and thinking it's obvious is Juan Soto's been disappointing this year. Power, yeah, he's been definitively disappointing. I now, agree. granted, the the luck metrics say he's been a little unfortunate, but buy low if you can. I would. He's like the Luis Castillo of the batters. Like it's, it's trending nicely. It should be fine, but you know, all right. Mm-hmm. Like by the way, Castillo now looks fine. Yeah. Yeah. For everybody who waited. So glad we did. All right. Next. Patience pays sometimes. Last one comes from Michael. He wants to know if it's crazy to move on from Will Myers in favor of Steven Duggar the rest of the way. Uh, that's not the guy you're moving on for. <laughs> but if you want to move on from Will Myers in a general sense, I'm okay with that because it, it just ain't happening. You can tell with some players. I like I don't know. But would I drop him for Jake Fraley, who's the most added outfielder in ESPN leagues? No, I don't think I would do that. Ahmed Rosario, I'd think about it because Rosario can steal a base and he's batting second. Uh, Miguel Andujar, no. Justin Upton, maybe. Man, I dropped Will Myers for Justin Upton. That's crazy, isn't it? Um, Jock Peterson, yeah. Tyler O'Neill, definitely. Oh, I, I've been meaning to ask you. Eloy Jimenez. Yeah. He's coming back. Yeah, he's ahead we didn't of schedule. Think so. Yeah. Like he's back in like maybe late July, man. I didn't, yeah. I didn't see that coming. Don't you need yeah. to add and stash this guy right now? I, I think you do. Yeah. I, I It's going to be a little difficult in the standard ESPN just based on the cap on injured list spots, but I, I definitely think so. And I'll tell you that does put me in a conundrum. Having had Aloy Jimenez on my labor roster on the 60 day IL, I could cash him in for fab. And I'm now thinking of not doing that because I actually have the lead in fab. That's Eloy has, has, cause decisions for people based on the advancement of his timetable. Oh, in a general sense, I would say, yes, it's okay to drop Will Myers. He's still rostered in 82.8% of ESPN standard leagues, which is a lot, but I is not for Duggar and not for Fraley. I, I actually, the, and Fraley, the, the names you mentioned, you like Fraley, I, you wrote about him. I think I would lean towards letting Myers go for all of the other names you mentioned, but Duggar. And I think one of the, you mentioned a last name, I think, that I might not have Well, either. even Andujar? You'd really drop Will Myers for Andujar? You see Andujar, yeah, maybe, right? Come yeah, on. maybe, maybe what not. What about I, Jesus Sanchez, who's, who's now up for Miami? No. Oh, geez, that's... No, I can't. I can't yet, no. Because you know Myers is not... 
well, we think Myers is not going to get better. Sanchez could do just just what Myers does, can he? My, Myers is going to do what we said on, I think, two shows ago. There could be a Tommy fan-like hot streak, and that's what you're aiming for. I don't think there's anything more than that. All right, let's answer trivia and get out of here. Kyle, what we got? Trivia, nice and simple today. Give me the five outfielders that have at least 10 stolen bases this season. Well, uh, potential fantasy MVP Cedric Mullins has to be one of them. Because that he's guy nobody drafts. Yeah, yeah, he's got 12. I mean, that guy, like, look, if I'm saying, if I write a blog entry, which I do all the time about, like, fantasy MVPs and LVPs, I mean, I don't think Mullins gets the nod over, like, Otani or Vlad, because those guys are doing unbelievable things, even though you draft them in the top 100. But Cedric Mullins is like the free agent pickup of the season, guys. And that's that's a double-digit steals guy. He's going to steal 25 bases in about 300 with some pop. Cedric Mullins, man. Good for you. Um, well, Tommy Pham's there, right? Tommy Pham, two for two. Let Tristan get in on the fun. Pham's got 11. Oh, I need to share more. Okay, Tristan, what do you got? Primary or played position? I mean, wit, obviously. Primary in our... That's exactly why I asked him with Merrifield. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, you're saying outfield eligible, like Whit right, Merrifield that's what I majors. Mean. We got to get that one first. Right. Whit Merrifield. Right, now I'm going to shut up and let Tristan talk. Merrifield doesn't. Count. Oh, now that you've taken my guess, he doesn't count. He's an outfielder. <laughs> I know that's, he doesn't count in true media. He's still in there as a second baseman. So that's what I'm saying. Is it played? Yeah. So qualified? we can't even like go by because that's his primary position. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. So there's more than five because I'm thinking of guys who play other positions. I mean, obviously, Acuna is on the list. He is up there. You're missing two more. One guy's got 12. The other guy has 10 on the nose. I think we're missing a lot more than that. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm trying to think who steals a lot of bases. And yeah, like a people. lot of them have, a lot of them have missed time. I mean, That's Tommy Edmonds, an outfielder. Right. But he's played more infield. Right. And he's I mean, not on. Oh, oh, the World Series guy. Um, yep. Rosarena. Rosarena? Wow. He's got okay. 10. You're missing one more. But like Emmett counts because to me he's a fantasy guy. Garrett Hampson got in there. There we go. Twelve. Yeah, he's second to only Acuna in this measure. Oh, okay. I thought I had turned off all sound on this thing by getting out of my email, and now I have to restart my computer in the next <laughs> sixty seconds, or it's going to blow up. Oh, no. and that made a noise. So I think we have to stop the show because I'm going to be stopped any second by. My all right, Mister Mission started. Impossible. <laughs> I mean, are you serious, people? We're in the middle of a show. The you computers love to reboot when they want to. It's not like it's the top of the hour either. All right. Um, that's ridiculous. I mean, I think steals are up a little bit, aren't they, Tristan? Like, I don't know if anybody's going to steal 50, but it seems to me like there's at least like 15 guys with double digits. Otani, who's not obviously outfield eligible, a bunch of shortstops, Trey Turner, Story got there last night, Tatis is already there, Tim Anderson's there. Um, I'm trying to think Gosh. of more. But you know what I mean? Like, it seems to me steals – are in a good place in your it's career a, league. It's a really good question, actually. Yeah. So if I compare, oh my this god, one, my computer's going to sign off in forty-five seconds. Is I, it? Are you kidding me? How can I stop this? <laughs> There's got to be a snooze on this. There's a. I guess I'll, I guess I'll be wrapping this. <laughs> All right, so I I can wrap. I got forty seconds. I can, I've dealt with deadlines okay. before. But go it, for it. But you're right. The steals are ridiculous. up ever so slightly from last year, and it's nearly the same point. Anyway, <laughs> oh yeah, 37. Okay. Thank you so much. For listening to the ridiculous fantasy focused baseball podcast. Clearly, this new laptop is doing whatever it wants to do, and it's not telling me. And I'm gonna go down to the last second, by the way, software center. The last second. Tristan, you did a great job this week. I just want to point out what a great job Tristan did, smiling all the way. Kyle, you do a great job on every show. Yes, I'm gonna keep using my time. No matter what you say, fantasy focused baseball is presented <laughs> by LinkedIn jobs. And I think we'll be back Monday if my laptop wants to come back on. Hopefully there's no more injuries. I'm Eric Carabao. Please have an awesome and safe weekend. Even his laptop got hurt.